Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Andrea, this is an on-air memo because this is the easiest way to do it. Swing that mic around. Uh, we There is some mic movement in the studio there. That one right there. Right here on the Andrea K Show, it is musical microphones. And now we can start the show in three, two, one. Yeah, the AK crew, crack uh, team here, didn't have the host mic mic. Actually, that's my fault. I was just using it. <laughs> that's okay. Maybe it was some kind of um, poltergeist or the universe trying to stop me from singing a song to you people tonight because I was because <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to open with a little ditty. Actually, it's the first song I ever learned to play on the organ and yes, I had a toy organ when I was a kid because I grew up in the South, right? The Bible Belt. We had organ music at the Sunday church. My grandma had a huge organ in her house and I always wanted to play the organ so they gave me a toy organ when I was a kid and guess DJ Potato Skins, guess what's the first song I ever learned to play? The first thing that popped into my head, I don't know why, is Amazing Grace. Good, good choice, but no, actually it was <clears throat> from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Nice. We will fight our nation's battles in the air on land and sea. I could sing every, every verse of that song. I am the proud daughter of two Marines, and today is the the uh, birthday, actually, or the anniversary, whichever way you want to call it, November 10, 246 Years ago today, the U.S. Marines were founded. Eagle Globe and Anchor all the way, baby. My favorite branch. I love all the military, but of course, I got a special little little place in my heart for the Jireens, as my daddy used to call them. Semper Fi to him, who is no longer with us. Got any Marines in your family? Oh, I have a couple of Marines in my family. My uh, my direct cousin, David, God bless him. And then also his dad were were Marines. So, yeah, uh, God bless them for all they, they have done for this country. Absolutely. I, do I need to introduce you now since you've already piped in? DJ Potato Skins. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy that doesn't know how to flip a mic on a hump day. <laughs> hump day. Well, in your defense, it's vacation-y for you. You're taking uh, tomorrow and Friday Woo! off. It's Friday night. Yeah. Um, I'm actually jazzed. You know, usually I'd be bummed that, you know, I'd be like, oh, we got to get over the hump day and you're going to be gone tomorrow. Um, the day started kind of rough for me. Um, by the way, it is, it's not just showtime for the Andrea K Show. It is show trial time in America. I started off this morning doing my Wednesday morning Newsmax hit, and it was breaking news. The entire hour I was on Newsmax was when Kyle Rittenhouse had just taken the stand. And as he's getting to the point of which he encounters Rosenbaum, the first person who attacked him, causing him to defend himself on the street... Um, he broke down and it was absolutely the most riveting I watched. I didn't watch any of the OJ trial confession, but I watched every minute of the Dave Westerfield trial. I watched every minute of the Casey Anthony trial. I have probably watched more hours of court TV and trials than you can even imagine because I became a true crime fanatic with the, with the Jeffrey McDonald case when I was a much younger person. I have never seen anything like this today. They thought they were going to break him. I was concerned initially. We all saw the first five days of the trial that the prosecution's case fell apart, completely imploded. These charges should have never been leveled against this young man. Their star witness, the third person to be shot, Gage Gross Gross Crutes. 
Gross uh, being the operative part of his name, brandished illegally a gun at Rittenhouse, was forced to admit on the stand that Rittenhouse shot at him in self-defense. The evidence that was presented for Rosenbaum, uh, and let me remind you guys, Rosenbaum, by the way, if you're getting confused between the three that were shot, Rosenbaum's the one that dated women so that he could have access to sexually assault uh, their their young boys and was convicted of sexual assault. I think I don't know how many times of, of, he was a child sexual predator. The world was done a favor by Rittenhouse. Of course, Rittenhouse didn't know that, but and he had just gotten out of jail that day and was running up and down the streets bragging he was getting and actually threatened to kill Rittenhouse. The second was Huber. Hmm, gee, let me try to remember his criminal background. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the one who threatened to gut his brother like a pig and held a knife to his, what is his mother's neck, what it was, convicted twice. The guy who hit uh, Rittenhouse over the head with a skateboard. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, lovely piece. Love, lovely dude that guy was. Um, yeah, the world was done a favor with this one. Uh, you know, as Darwin would say, right? The, you know, isn't this, isn't this Darwin in action? Kind of. So the case, the case had already imploded. It was already proven that this, oh, and then also another, another aspect of the story of the prosecution's case imploding was the fact that a journalist had taken the stand and said that the prosecution had tried to pressure him to change his statement and he was forced to hire a lawyer. It is, it, before Rittenhouse took the stand today, it was clear that these charges should have never been filed against this man. This was immediately, when this case first happened, it was an opportunity for the left to try to put America on trial, to declare that America, that he is a white nationalist, and which came up in court, or they tried to bring into court today, which wasn't allowed in, that he, uh, as the face of America, uh, we're just a bunch of white nationalist terrorists going around with the Second Amendment, roaming around the streets with guns, trying to see who we could hunt down. Kind of a riff on the phony uh, cops have a target on the on the backs of every black kid in this country. Kind of a riff on that. You would have so, thought that with the patriots that supposedly are you know representing the Republican Party, Andrea, that this January 6th thing would have already been squashed, but they're moving right along. Well, this is actually a part of that. This is an, a continuation of that. We are all Kyle Rittenhouse now because this is a show trial. This is about putting America on trial, our Constitution on trial, who we are as a nation on trial. And and through the course of that, clearly the Second Amendment was on trial today. I'll get into a couple comments on that in a moment. This is all about destroying the fabric of America, putting us on trial and putting forth the notion that we don't have the right to have rights in this country. It's about shredding the U.S. Constitution under the guise of him and, and the rest of us being white nationalists, which is which is an, an extension of what happened in January 6th. And it's also an extension of what happened with Michael Flynn, right, uh, that he was some traitor uh, who, you know, deserved to, you know, be uh, tr- have his constitutional rights trampled. I think they would love nothing more than to say, hey, you voted for Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, we're throwing you in jail. Right. Well, that's where this is going with this, this being a show trial. So I was confused as to why Rittenhouse took the stand today because this case had completely fallen apart beforehand. And even though a friend of mine, a friend of the show, David Frampson, uh, who was a criminal defense attorney for years, said, look, the truth always comes out. He'll be okay. Look, he's 18 years old. And you knew that these prosecutors were going to go after him to victimize him on the stand. As Kara McKinney said earlier uh, when I was recording tonight's Turning Point segment, she said this is what they were going to do to him was akin to, well, you got raped because you were wearing a short skirt kind of situation. But they didn't land a glove on him today. They didn't land a glove. A glove. And man, did they try. <clears throat> 
that prosecutor binger and binger should become a verb immediately to binger somebody. Y'all come up with examples on how to use the word binger, uh, you know, in a sentence as a verb. But at one point he had to be admonished by the judge because he violated this man's willfully violated this man's constitutional rights by attacking him for exercising his right to remain silent. The judge went off on him, admonishing him. He didn't go far enough because the day as the day went on, uh, the prosecutor also proceeded to try to ask questions on a topic that the judge had already disallowed as a part of the uh, as a part of the trial and, and evidence. At that point, the judge himself should have had the prosecutor charged. He willfully committed crimes. In the course of this. Now, the judge said he at one point when he was admonishing him saying, you you know, this has been to go after this defendant on exercising his Fifth Amendment rights. Well, in a sense, his right to remain silent, to go after that. That has been the case in this country for 40 years. He said, I don't know why you're doing it. Well, there's only two options, one of which was to try to force a mistrial without prejudice to give the prosecution a chance to try to rehabilitate their case and have a second go at it. Because they completely imploded. Or the other option was, well, we're just going going to be able to do like every every office holder in the Democrat Party, you know, Biden right now. And the and the Biden administration is saying, well, I don't give a crap if the courts have told me that this mandate for vaxes are 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 unlawful. I'm going to forge ahead. Right. When, it, you know, you look at the FBI and the DOJ, when have any of them been held accountable? So they're just going to go forward. And you know what? He did get away with it, didn't he? The defense at one point today filed a motion uh, for a mistrial with prejudice, meaning that they wouldn't have another crack at it. And the judge said, I'll take it under advisement and allow the trial to continue. I don't treat this judge today like many in the conservative media playing these clips like he's some kind of hero for yelling at this prosecutor without jury's, the jury's presence. That's no better than Trey Gowdy pretending, feigning some outrage at Hillary Clinton and then letting her walk and get away with the crimes that she committed. That's crap. This trial should have, these charges should have never been filed. And there should have been a mistrial declared today with prejudice. We've seen enough. We've seen enough of this man's innocence on display. We saw him fighting for his life today after he had to fight for his life as shown on video in the streets. And you want to know how pathetic this prosecutor was today? He dared to say to Rittenhouse, um, okay, so basically, um, Grosskreutz has a has a pistol. Okay, well, you had a bigger gun. I mean, were, were you really feeling threatened by a pistol, a handgun, when you had a bigger weapon? Huh. Somebody needs to ask the cinematographer who died on the set of Rust if a handgun is a lethal weapon. Now, mind you, he wasn't supposed to consider a handgun a threat to him, yet Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed American citizen, was a threat to the D.C. police who assassinated her on the spot for breaking a window or trying to climb through a window. We don't even know if she broke it. This is about sending a message to all of us. They tried, they're putting forth that we don't have a right to defend ourselves. That if you've got, if you've got a gun with you and you're, you're in possession of a firearm, that that means that you've got not just the intent to kill somebody, but your intent is to kill Somebody from Black Lives Matter, Antifa. You deserve to be killed. Ashley Babbitt deserved to be killed. But there are certain parts of, parts of, of, of this country, certain citizens that, that are, are, are allowed to get away with whatever they want to do. In this case, BLM and Antifa. 
And as my friend John Cardillo tweeted out today, you are under no obligation to allow yourself to be murdered by anybody from BLM, Antifa or anywhere else. And isn't it interesting that the skateboard that was used to hit him over the head and a lot of, a lot of people don't understand that when Huber was wielding the skateboard, a deadly weapon at R- Rittenhouse, he had already connected with his head once. And oh, by the way. Speaking of connections and, and parallels to January 6th, you could see the, on the video a mob chasing this young man. If he was out on the streets just to slaughter people, he really could have taken out a lot of them. Like one person who never got arrested, who kicked him in the head or somebody threw a rock at him. So where's the FBI combing the videos for pics and sending them out, throwing out a net to try to arrest any of the mob? How come nobody filed charges against Grosscruz for violating curfew? And for brandishing, not just brandishing a gun and threatening somebody's life, but he, but illegal possession of a firearm. How much time did this man, this prosecutor Binger, go on about why Rittenhouse had a gun in his possession and on, to the point to where the judge had to tell him, ask and answer. We've been around this. Shut up about that. Anybody ask Grosskreutz why he was there, what his intention was? What was his mens rea, his mindset? No. Because it doesn't matter what the mindset is of somebody with a two by four hitting a business owner over the head because they didn't like what happened on the streets by a cop. Nobody, their, their intent and their motivation is, is, is without question. In fact, it's celebrated. It's celebrated the gross crutes, Huber. I mean, the fact the left are celebrating uh, the, uh, the, these criminals, a pedophile who ran around the streets threatening to kill people. The left is celebrating them. The left is celebrating a Huber today who held a, held a knife to a family member's neck and threatened a gutter. It's just disgusting what's being done here. And they don't care what happens to this young man. I tell you what I want to have happen to him going forward. I would, I, first of all, I want, him, I want a mistrial because I don't trust these juries. I want Scott McEwen, who wrote American Sniper, to write a book about him. I want Clint Eastwood to make the movie. And I want this young man to come out so filthy rich that he, he has the option to do whatever he wants to do for the rest of his life. And don't get me wrong, though. I want to finish up with this. I'm running past the point of a break. I don't think he should have been there on the streets with a gun. I don't think it. I don't think that was a wise move to be there. But you can think that it wasn't a wise move to go there in the middle of that and think that he did ab- absolutely nothing wrong in his actions that night. And then he was strictly defending himself, which he was. We're going to take a break. We come back. My friend Brian Maloney from Red Wave America to be here to talk about that and more. Stay tuned. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at OurFreeNation.org. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. There's lots of other things that you can call me besides fake news. And I get called all kinds of things all day, all day particularly on Twitter. <laughs> But one of the things I'm most proud of is being called friend to this man, Brian Maloney from Red Wave America. Uh, my my spicy fried chicken. I was even going to say, you call him something. Spicy <laughs> yeah. fried chicken. <laughs> That's my name for him, and he joins me now. Hello, my dear. How are you doing? Hey. 
Well, I'm good. Um, got so many topics to go over with you. So thank you for uh, just agreeing on the spur of the moment to do two segments with me. Um, I spent a lot of time already in the open and actually went a little long talking about this Rittenhouse trial. I watched pretty much every minute of it today, the last few days, actually. This is clearly a show trial. And um, one of the things that's a concern for me uh, and, and probably with you is that somebody pointed out today that in, in the middle of all this, clearly the state of Kenosha, Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin and the state of Wisconsin are railroading this young man as a part of pushing out a false narrative that America is a racist, white supremacist country and we need to have our Second Amendment and other rights taken away from us. Um, Republican Ron Johnson has been completely dead silent. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they, they are. So the Republicans are completely afraid to touch this. Many of them with a 10 foot pole, not all of them, but many of them. So they're worried about how the public will perceive them. They've already forgotten, you know, this last election here a couple of weeks ago where Republicans won just about every place they were on the ballot. Um, you know, and, and now they, they're already, you know, worrying about, oh, we can't be perceived as this or that or the other. The media might not approve. You know, the media is never going to approve of what anything Republicans are doing. So, you know, why? It's, we can't seem to teach them. They don't seem to grow or change or improve. Um, we go through this over and over and over, don't we? And absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm sitting here going and, and I, I don't celebrate what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, it was clearly self-defense. He should have never been charged with any of this. I don't see him as a hero who was there to, you know, uh, but, you know, as and the reason why I'm saying that is there are many people today that are pointing out what you said, that the Republican Party, uh, their response to BLM and Antifa was to give, you know, Juneteenth Day out of Texas or something. Um, and that what Kyle Rittenhouse is response to BLM and Antifa was better. I do think he had good intentions. Um, uh, you know, I, I, and the reason why I'm saying that is that I don't want young people to, to be out and putting themselves in dangerous situations. Um, but the Republican Party, oh, no. right? Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is he did more. He was there to render aid. He was there to try to try to defend people's property and there to try to provide some good and balance to that. The Republican Party, the lesson that they should have learned from, from the Virginia and all the other local races that they won handled and hats it, by the way, to Chitterella, who's refusing to concede in New Jersey. The lesson should have been, and I said it that night, if not the following night, that we can win these cultural wars. It's proven now. There's no excuse anymore. And here we are in the middle of this show trial where this young man is being railroaded by a prosecutor who's who's flagrantly committing uh, prosecutorial misconduct, breaking the law all over the place. The judge, shame on the judge. He should have gone with the mistrial today with prejudice. But he, he scared himself. Right. Because that's the power when we've got the United States government, we've well, got big tech and we've got yep. the media all pushing out a false narrative. And now everybody's scared to do the right thing. Well, it's just like how, you know, uh, our, our doctors cannot, you know, practice medicine anymore the way they want to because it's all political rather than medical. Same thing. You, know, you can't practice law anymore either because it's all political. Politics have pervaded every corner of our society and ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you want to argue on the law. Uh, but but then there's this political overtone to everything. And then, well, then do you have rule of law? No, you have rule by, you know, MSNBC or CNN or whoever, you know, whoever is the loudest, most obnoxious news anchor. And that's the problem that we have today in this society. 
But I, I want to, you know, a couple of things that you mentioned there. I also think that it was ill-advised for him to have been there that night. I mean, I don't think he should have been there. Um, he, he looks, you know, when you look at him on the stand, he just looks so young, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He just looks like yeah. such a kid. Uh, so he was a kid that did something that I don't think was, uh, well, you know, well advised, but he, as you say, he did mean well, but there are a lot of theories I'm seeing out there that, you know, the more I think about them, they're really plausible. People are saying, you know, I think the prosecution is intentionally blowing this case so that Kyle is found innocent and they can you know, have all kinds of riots and whatever else. And that's the goal is to divide mm-hmm. and conquer and, and build more hate and division uh, in this country. So otherwise, how do you explain the ineptitude of the prosecutors? I mean, did they, you know, I mean, you'd have to try to be that bad. So, well, let I mean, me, let me, a couple of thoughts on that. Um, we, I do not trust juries anymore. These juries were not sequestered. No. When you, we for, we have we are now um, if uh, the, uh, we are all if you're anything related if anything related to your story has anything to do with MAGA if you're in any way connected to anything considered to be traditional America in this case here's a young white dude carrying a carrying an a, you know an AR-15 right um, then this story is going to immediately be pushed out with a false narrative. We all know that happened here. He was declared a white nationalist murderer who was running around the streets just trying to, you know, recklessly shooting at people, which was not the truth. And they knew that. And the jury heard every bit of those lies, right? And it was steeped into their mind. Now they're not even sequestered. So we've, so, um, I, you know, I think that there was a yeah. good, there was a good, good possibility that this prosecutor knew it was, it was a crap case, but still thought that he could get you know a jury to give him what he wanted out of it because you know in a case like this it's typically going to be emotion based not based upon the facts and evidence right he was guilty until proven well, just like the george floyd case yeah. chauvin should not and, have been he was completely railroaded just like the george floyd uh, case uh, there was evidence that was denied uh, the defense attorney we had that we had a completely tainted jury pool just you know at other similarities as well with the january 6th um, situation going on there today uh, we found out that uh, the department of justice is recommending 51 months for the q shaman dude who did nothing but trespass and put his feet up on a desk and they are cl- clearly stated making it known that they're making an example of him so um, I think the prosecutor was going thinking to himself, you know what? The momentum is on our side uh, in terms of this narrative of people being guilty until proven innocent. And I'm going for it. Well, and I think you're right. And he may get that wish. I mean, if the wish, the jury could go ahead and convict. So the bottom line here is maybe he realized I don't have to present a very good case. The national media will do it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to work very hard. Or, as you say, the case was garbage to begin with, which, you know, it was. And I'm sure that the prosecutors discovered that very quickly early on as mm-hmm. well. So the bottom line here is, you know, I don't know what what kind of justice system we still have in this country. It seems to be dictated by the people who pull the strings uh, in the media and politics and everything else, the loudest voices and, and people who are fraudsters. I mean, and, and 
Uh, so that's the problem here. So we'll see what happens. But um, it's a very disturbing situation because you're right. If there was a conviction in this case uh, based on on a weak prosecution, of, I mean, you know, you lawyers everywhere I look on social media, I'm seeing lawyers comment like I've never, you know, I've never seen a case presented this badly. I mean, yeah. almost like they're trying to trying to help Kyle or something. I mean, that's what's incredible. I mean, they're just making his case for him. But one thing I, I can't figure out is why they had him testify. Why do you think the defense counsel chose to have him testify? It seems like what could go right and that uh, quite a lot could go wrong. Well, yeah, it was a head scratcher to me. But after watching it all day and in particular, the reason why I'm not sure I agree with the conspiracy that this prosecutor is is throwing the case is the way that he grilled Rittenhouse over and over and over and particularly on a couple of points repeatedly, repeatedly. He was going for it. He wants he wants a conviction here. He wants he wants to have that scalp on his headboard. And and I think that he I think that he wasn't prepared uh, for some of the instances and some of the things that happened. I don't think that that the prosecution thought that his defense team would be as good as they are. I don't think he realized um, that the judge when they filed these charges would be as straight up following the law as he is. I was absolutely impressed beyond measure of this 18-year-old Rittenhouse. His poise on the streets was insane. This dude could be special ops today. I mean, the the, yeah. with the ability to be to be clear at thinking and shoot only when he had to in the middle of a mob chasing him down and attacking him was absolutely extraordinary. His, his poise and his presence of mind. And he showed that today on the stand. And I think his defense team knew after working with him for months that he had the goods to do what he did today. And I think that the fact that the prosecutor couldn't lay a hand on him did a lot of good for him. In fact, at one point, you know, and a final thought on this, and then we'll take a break and we'll, Brian Maloney will stick around with us. I think that they had to put him on the stand because we don't have um, untainted juries anymore. They had to make him sympathetic yeah. because the facts and evidence were not going to be enough. There should have been a change of venue. Um, the jury was already tainted. Oh, yeah. the, you know, the media was already calling him guilty and, and, you know, a mass murderer. And you could not look at this young man today with any intellectual honesty and think that he was some white supremacist who went there with the intent to kill people. Well, that's exactly right. And don't forget that every part of Silicon Valley shut down any attempt at mm-hmm. raising funds for Kyle's defense. So their intention was to make sure that he never really had much counsel or any ability to fight back. I mean, they tried to stack the deck and that didn't work. Good point. Of course, that's not a surprise because Malone, that's why Maloney's here all the time, man, right? Because he makes great points. Okay, when we come back, we got to shift gears because there was some interesting news about Fox News and Newsmax that came out yesterday. There's breaking news on the Astro World and Insanity alleged concert and uh, even breaking news on the Rust shooting. So stick around because Brian Maloney will be here. Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. And I'm super glad that my buddy Brian Maloney from Red Wave America is still with me. We're going to get into some more politics here. And, um, okay, so... <laughs> Brian, all I can say, she's going to tee it up, but ask and ye shall receive. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's so ridiculous. Well, we're, we're piggybacking on, following up on, on the idea that the Republicans... Uh, the Democrat Party are collapsing in front of us. We had a major win a, a, a couple of weeks ago in the elections. There's no reason for why that the Republican Party are doing anything to support this failing Biden administration. OK, I mean, uh, the um, the economy is in full collapse. Uh, Biden is a walking whether the reports of what happened at the Vatican are true. Um, we know that Camilla Parker Bowles is still laughing her head off at Joe Biden passing gas in front of her loudly, according to her. I mean, this this administration is a walking gaff moment and it only gets worse with Kamala, who who is at 20. Uh, Brian, is she at 28 percent approval rating at this point? 28 percent. Yeah, I mean, and that's a very liberal poll. That That isn't even a right wing poll or anything like that. I mean, it, it's incredible. So here they've got us. The Biden administration thought that they were going to bring Kamala on. They knew she couldn't win on her own. They would ease Biden out and put her in. How do they ease him out now, knowing that he's like about to fall over from cognitive decline at any moment when she's at 28 percent? They send her off on these trips to try to resurrect herself. And then, but uh, uh, Brian, I don't know if you heard her at, at this in this lab in France. Did you hear this? Yeah, no, I have this story in front of me. It's at Fox News right now. Okay, uh, well, we want to yeah. play this. I didn't actually hear oh, it, so we want to play this for the listeners and get your response. With us okay. in government, we campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. And then the environment is such that we're expected to defend the plan. Even when the first time we roll it out, there may be some glitches and it's time to reevaluate and then... Oh, it's you know what? If she was going to try to use a, a, a fake accent, a French accent, maybe she needed to watch a couple of Pepe Le Pew commercial uh, cartoons <laughs> on her way to France. Well, what in the world would possess her to put on a fake French accent? Um, Can you imagine if Trump did that? He'd be, he'd, be he'd be massacred. He'd be massacred. He'd be accused of cultural appropriation. Well, that you know, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that. But there's also just the weirdness of this. And I think it just goes to show that there is there are two different things going on here. You talked about, you know, what was the plan to step Biden in there for a little while and then Kamala takes over. And I think that that's what the Democrat Party base thought would happen. But inside the Biden camp itself, they were delusional enough to believe that he would serve a full <laughs> four year term. And and having uh, Harris as VP is almost some kind of punishment for the things that she said to him during the primaries. Uh, you know, you can be VP and then we're going to shun you and send you off to the whatever back quarters of this, you know, you'll be forgotten and hated. And, and that's, that's what they're doing. I mean, you have two offices of fighting one another, the VP and, and the president. I mean, they're fighting each other. Uh, so this is a weird, weird thing, but Again, every time you put Kamala Harris out there in public, she does something cringeworthy. It's either that cackle or, or just a very, very un, uh, just a, 
a, a way of talking that annoys and irritates people. Yeah. Uh, and she has no ability to relate to anyone, mm-hmm. not an audience, not anyone, which is why she was the first one knocked out of the Democrat uh, primaries. We saw that she was the first one knocked out before a single vote was cast. Mm-hmm. She was because she wasn't even going to win California. Um, she's that's worse how than popular she was. Right. She's worse than Hillary Clinton. This was more cringy than the reset button that Hillary Clinton trotted out in Russia. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Then the- right. Yeah. She was she was she's more cringy than that. Um, the, I heard a rumor today and I don't know if you're hearing this and this is a rumor. OK. The Andrea K. show is not saying this is true, but I found it shocking um, that multiple people, bigger, big names in media, not A-listers necessarily, but bigger names enough, all um, three people talking about the rumors that uh, Kamala Harris has an alcohol problem. Have you heard this? I, I have not heard much about that. I have no idea. But I mean, that would, you know, that's the last thing she needs. I mean, somebody needs to sit her down and I'm sure they've already tried, but just figure out a way to help her relate to people. But I think she's so detached. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her her rise to power has been mostly through appointments and free rides right. and, and well, knowing the right people. Well, that's a rated and, G and, way of putting it, Brian Maloney. Well, I, you know, <laughs> we're the family radio program. Free, free, the so. free rides was close. Close enough. We want to get there. Speaking of being out of touch, speaking of being out of touch, Ronna McDaniel announced something called the Pride Coalition as a part of the Republican Party. And Todd Starnes is reporting uh, that I guess Tony Perkins is is asking for her resignation. She evidently did this on her own without any discussion with the RNC. How here here we're what were we just saying earlier? We've got these massive winds going on across the place. uh, We've got the wind at our backs. We can win these cultural wars. And the head of the RNC is coming up with some far left LBGT pride coalition. Help me to understand this, Brian. Well, look, I think I think what we're seeing today is that the party is not putting forward any kind of unified plan for next year's elections. Obviously, you have people running around doing what they want uh, rather than, you know, figuring out together how you're going to, you know, uh, clobber them next November, which they can do almost in their sleep. I mean, it, you know, I wish the GOP would get its act together, but it just seems disorganized. But this Ronna McDaniel, you, you notice how she took the, the word Romney out of her name somewhere along the line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one day she just was, it was almost like Hillary Clinton, you know, when she took the Rodham out of, you know, Rodham out right. of her name yeah. or whatever. And also, you know, some, it was, sometimes it was convenient to be Rodham, sometimes it was convenient to be Clinton. But yeah, so she takes the Romney out of her name and suddenly, you know, that that's supposed to deflect criticism that she's another Mitt or something. But she is another Mitt. There's no question about that. I mean, they're, they're two peas in a pod. Bottom line here is that the Republicans can do incredibly well next year. But, but the thing, so what you're saying, and I saw this on Twitter too, everybody calling for her to resign. But my reaction to that was there were 30,000 reasons for her to resign before today. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of those people out there doing that. In fact, you and I were the ones screaming about getting rid of her a long, long time ago. And everybody else was like, oh, oh, oh. Too many radical changes to the party. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no people defending Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. It's like, come on, you you know, you can't. There's no defense at this point. You cannot defend these people. No, and Trump should not have defended her. He should not have celebrated after after she's off on an island somewhere in January. 
um, during the after she collected what four hundred million dollars to fight the to you know fight the election oh, to steal. Yeah. And she's off on an island somewhere on vacation. And Trump's like, oh, congratulations on keeping your position. You know that you know sometimes I you know Ann Coulter called Trump stupid the other day. He's not stupid, but what he is is he's become a little too much of a political animal. Got too focused on reelection, and it got a little too swampy. And you know at this point, Trump needs to come out hard against these mandates. Whoa, yeah. right? Well, what happened to fighting Trump? Where did that guy go? He doesn't seem to be there anymore. No. And that's what we're seeing day after day. It's like, where was that guy that we saw in 2016 who was a fighter? You know, he took the mean tweet thing to heart a little too much, I think. I think so, too. I think it got to him and he changed. And he wanted people to start liking him. Yep. Um, and I think that was the mistake. It I really think so, was. too. And I think that I think that and I said this at the time when he started doing these daily press conferences with Fauci. And bad teeth. What's her name? Burks. I said, scarf woman. I said, you know what? This is a problem. I said this very early on. I said after the one or two, when he started getting congratulated um, by a lot of rhinos, which should have been a red flag, uh, got congratulated for how well he was handling this and doing these press conferences. And good for him for putting Fauci and Burks out there. I, I thought he's finally he's enjoying too much getting some pats on the back. He was happy to work with Cuomo. He was bragging about working with uh, Gavin Newsom and patting Gavin Newsom and Cuomo on the back when they were sending seniors to, to nursing homes. He was he was wanting recognition and approval too much. And we're now um, facing the consequences of that because had he done focused on his job and drained the swamp, fired uh, Jeff Sessions, fired Bill Barr, you know, fired Comey, fired all, you know, and we might not have Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand. We've got a weaponized well, FBI and DOJ yeah. coming after all of us now. We've got a gulag of January yeah. 6 defendants because he didn't route out and get rid of uh, the deep well, state. that's right. If there is ever a Trump 2.0, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, I still don't think he's going to run again. But if he did run again, he would have to make a lot of changes. And the first one is to have a better way to vet staff uh, and appointments and picks because so many of them have been so lousy and we're stuck with a bunch of terrible people. Uh, and that, that is something questions need to be answered about that. The vetting process was horrible. Right. I mean, it just, I don't understand how they made those decisions. I really don't. I don't either. And I think that I, the excuse I made initially was, and I talked about this last night was that nobody expected him to win. He came down the escalators. He did not have a large machine around him. Like we've seen in the past from McCain or Romney, even though they didn't win, they had a machine, George W. Bush. And that's, they had a machine because they were part of the uniparty system and he didn't have that and he didn't really have time to get one together he does now so there's no more excuses for why he can't surround himself with a machine of MAGA people and go in and fire every U.S. attorney fire the FBI director he should have fired Christopher and start cleaning house yeah but can I tell you what goes on instead because I real quickly because I'm up against my last break 30 seconds it's it's the same old scene. It's the soirees at Mar-a-Lago with the beautiful people or whatever. You know, get rid of those people who do nothing and bring in the activists. That's the problem. Yes, absolutely. Well said. And and Brian Maloney knows what he's talking about. He's been in the business a really long time, worked on a lot of campaigns. He was down there in Georgia trying to trying to make, make things right for us. And he continues to do so with Red Wave America. Thank you so much. 
I appreciate you. you. All right. Have a good night, sweetie. You too. All right. Stay tuned. We've got a couple more little tidbits to get to you guys. You might like what you're going to hear about this Alec Baldwin story, Skins. This might be a good way to send you off on your long weekend with a little smile. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I was just asking Skins if he saw the trailer for the new movie about Lucy and Ricky. It stars Javier Bardem and um, Nicole Kidman. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not liking her as Lucy. Well, I don't think that's a good casting. I, I mean, I, to be fair, I haven't seen the trailer. But as I was just telling you off the air, that is a really tough pair to cast. I don't like Deborah Messing, but she would have been a better Lucy. Yeah. I, I just, you know, think she, think she would be. Gosh, I love that original show. Yeah, I know. It was great, right? Oh, by the way, before I forget, public service announcement. I mistakenly tried cauliflower pasta last night. I'm getting sick to my stomach even thinking about it. I mean, my gag reflex was setting off. I mean, I, I could like, ooh, I could hurl right now. One bite. It was the most, it was culinary terrorism. You heard it from me. Okay. Stop propagating the falsehood that cauliflower replaces mashed potatoes or pasta. No, okay? no, no. Don't mess with the taters. Wrong. Anyway, you heard it from me. For, you've been warned. Eat straight cauliflower been, if you like it that much. You've been warned. You've been warned. Okay, so um, things are getting interesting. Um, Update with the Baldwin for, story. Yeah, for Alec Baldwin. Um, you know, they're trying to, the, he as well as the armor are pushing out conspiracies. Um, her attorney is coming out and saying that it was sabotage. Uh, of course, the sheriff and the district attorney are saying there's no evidence of, of wrong wrong play, uh, of harmful, um, whatever the word is, uh, wrongdoing. Uh, Baldwin coming out saying that the police, there needs to be police. They're trying to push out that there's no responsibility on the set. Well, the gaffer is suing the assistant director, Alec Baldwin, and the armorer for emotional distress because the bullet almost hit him. So you know what? He may never face criminal charges, but he just might be bankrupted for his uh, his um, irresponsibility as, well as he a should producer, be. as well as he should be. Because we heard yesterday that a name finally emerged of somebody called an armorer mentor. And this is somebody that's been handling guns for a long time from Lake Havasu. The long story short is that they had to hire somebody who may or may not ever been on set to mentor this young woman as the armorer because she was that inexperienced. So they and that they've been trying to cover that up in my wow. opinion. Yeah. So then we got to go down to Houston and the despicable uh, Travis Scott, um, his security plan involved pre-show security plan and called involved a co-word of dead concert goers that if anybody died at the concert that that over the over um handsets they would be referred to as smurfs oh i heard that and that is disgusting because let me tell you they expected dead people to the point to where they had a name for them and they picked a blue character because how are these people dying at these concerts being choked out and asphyxiated. On top of that, in the 56-page security plan, there was nothing to address crowd surge. Then, dude went to a party after the concert. Doesn't get much worse. He needs to go down as well. Hey, we'll be here tomorrow night. Hey, enjoy your vacation, your long weekend. Love you all.